Welcome to the Synergy Podcast. I'm Cody Phillips and thanks for joining us. Today I'm excited to tell you we have Jeannie Mayo with us. Jeannie is the founder and president of Youth Leaders Coach that seeks to instruct, equip, inspire, and encourage youth pastors and youth leaders of this generation. Through this avenue, she has begun a coaching and mentoring network called The Cadre. Jeannie currently serves as the Director of Youth and Young Adult Outreach at Victory World Church in Georgia, as well as hosts the Atlanta Leadership College where Jeannie serves as the Executive Director. She's also an international speaker and author, strategic partner with My Healthy Church and the National Youth Ministry Department of the Assemblies of God. Doug Everard had the opportunity to sit down with Jeannie and discuss the ups and downs of youth ministry as well as many other topics related to leadership. So without further ado, here's the interview with Jeannie Mayo. Jeannie, what's one quote you tell yourself most often to focus yourself? Oh, Doug, gosh. There are several because I'm the lady of mental one-liners for myself. I think there would be a couple of them for focus. I often say to myself, Jeannie, wherever you are, be all the way there. Because my life is so full of so many exciting and yet challenging events that I want every little sliver of my life to feel like they get all of me. And then when I need to focus myself, uh, when I feel challenged... I guess the quote that I most often say to myself is death in me is life in them. Those two Mm -hmm. reverberate through my head Mm -hmm. almost more than anything else. I want to go back to that first one, um, Jeannie, and because that's one of the things I noticed about you right away when I first met you years ago. And it's, I still think it's one thing that people will comment on um, is that you are so laser focused when you're in a conversation and not many people do that very well. I know I struggle with that, but you really focus in. Is there some little trick? And, and is there something to that when you're face-to-face with a person? Sure. Well, number one, I, I think a lot of it is having to remind ourselves how super important that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in social media world, There is such a lack of face-to-face conversations that, gosh, I think it's a mammoth deal. Mm -hmm. I think the the trick, if I might call it that, is simply saying to yourself, keep eye contact. That doesn't mean you have to be weird and stare at them. Mm -hmm. But I think people really notice where your eyes, if your eyes are not engaged in what they're saying. And, And the other thing is, what I would just say, say it back. In other words, and again, it's not a, a plastered, you know, pretend thing, but learn to listen. Voltaire says the ears are the road to the heart. And I think that's true. Right. If during our time you just listen deeply, you connect with your eyes, you really listen. You're not mentally thinking about the next conversation that you have to do or looking over your shoulder. And then sometimes say back what they said to you in a different way, just to say, hey, you know, I hear you saying blah, 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 that, that's a big deal. I mean, just something, and maybe even ask a question about it. It's just such simple, simple stuff that all of us 
you know, I, I just say to myself all the time, Jeannie, treat people the way you don't want to be treated. Right. And that's what I try to do. Right. I just think that's, I think that's good for us to be reminded of, especially within ministry circles, because we spend so much time talking to people. I know one of the key words that I've picked up from you before in conversations is, as I'm talking, you'll just simply say, I hear that. Yeah, um, I yeah, hear that, absolutely. and and it just all and it just encourages me. And I think even something as small as that can be great for us as leaders to absolutely. to just put into practice with our local ministries, with our students that we talk to, other leaders, other adults. And so, um, I just I really appreciate that perspective. You're so good. Let me You're ask you this: so What is a common mistake youth pastors make? Now, that's a pretty broad statement, pretty broad question. But what would yeah, you say? That's a great one. Will you let me give you two if I give it fast? Sure. First one is they don't have their own quiet time, their own appointment time with Jesus. We mm. make it way too hard. We think we're going to wait until we have an hour. Um, listen, for me, even if I got 20 minutes, 10 minutes in the Word and 10 minutes talking to the Lord in prayer. Right. Uh, and for me, I say, Doug, a successful week on the quiet time appointment with Jesus is what I call it. Uh, if I do five out of seven days, it was a successful week. Now, that's not studying for sermons or prep. That's just hanging with Jesus. Right. And we all tell everybody in our youth ministries that, you know, it doesn't matter if we feel God or don't feel God is there and all that stuff. But we really don't believe that deeply. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, I have to say over and over, Jeannie, it, God's listening to you. The reality of what's going on has nothing to do with your lack of feelings. So I guess that's the most the biggest one. And I think the second most common mistake is we minimize the importance the importance of what I call the three-minute blocks. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying a minute ago. Um, with students, you know, it's the old Andy Stanley line, wherever you are, be all the way there. Mm -hmm. No, that's my line, sorry. Andy Stanley said, do for one what you wish you could do for others. Mm -hmm. And and we want to do that. But if we minimize the importance of three minutes, I just was in the, uh, our recording area. We're going into a high school retreat in two weeks. And the team and I are making these two to three minute devotionals right. for the kids to watch online for the next 10 days after the retreat, just to keep things going. And, and we all were going two to three minutes. That's all we'd let ourselves go. Two to three minutes is a long time when you focus and make it count. And yeah, so that's true. I'm just saying lots of times, again, we think we aren't going to make a difference in a kid's life or a leader's life unless we have an appointment, unless there's longer to hang out. Well, lots of times there aren't a bunch of long times to hang out. Right. But uh, kind of coupling what we said about wherever you are, be all the way there with the importance of three minutes. Be all the way there those three minutes. Right. It will feel like a lot more than three minutes. And right. I think we mess up because we don't we don't maximize those short times. Right. Well, and I, you definitely model that. I know you were at SAGU uh, a week ago, and I think Jill was talking uh -huh. to Brielle and talking to Chelsea. I think Chelsea came up to you and just said right. hello again. Right. And right. and yeah. she's, she's about to have a baby, which is exciting, her and Josh. And, yeah. and she was just stepping back. She made the comment and was just watching people come to you. And it was just, you know, one, two, three minutes. But I think there was such an impact in that, and that even goes back to uh, the question before about focusing in and talking with people. And right. you really can impact people 
even in smaller amounts of time. And I, I think that's encouragement. And maybe we, maybe we as leaders don't give ourselves enough credit in that area. And I believe that. Maybe we I could try that. a lot harder. I believe that. I agree. So you try, I mean, you are still traveling now extensively. Uh, when you're not at home running your own ministry, working with your leaders, you've been from coast to coast. Um, you've seen urban youth ministry. You've seen small town. You've seen rural. Is there one common focus or trait that they all have in common? All of the students, right? Yeah. Well, and from rural to to urban. Right. 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 Yeah, there really is. And I don't even have to think about that one long. Um, and, and it's going to sound so simplistic that it's almost going to get blown off. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Every student, whether there's some kid from this rough urban world that, you know, just shot cocaine up last night to this rich kid uh, on, you know, in Col- in California when I pastored there that, mm-hmm. you know, has a dad who's the CEO of a major tech company. Doesn't matter who they are, church kid, non-church kid, they all respond to somebody who who personally and authentically cares about them. And, and their life, their week, mm-hmm. the stuff that matters to them. And I know it sounds like I'm playing one little guitar string over and over again. But, right. you know, Doug, you've heard me say so many times, I think the emerging 21st century church world is, is really quite good at programs, but quite rotten at people anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I just got through, I was with the Atlanta Leadership College gang just a couple of hours ago doing a training with them. And I said to them, as I was kind of encouraging them to get people on our upcoming high school retreat, I said, listen, Jesus didn't die for a few hundred people. He didn't die for the youth group. He didn't die for whatever. He died for one person at a time. And so if I say to myself, listen, every teenager is going to be different. They're all going to have different things that right. are big deals to them. Right. Um, See, I think in the church world, we want kids to be into what we want them to be into, namely mm-hmm. Jesus and the church, before we're f- we first buy into them. And see, most of the time, especially if, if a kid is not saved or a little kind of cooled off to the things of God, I, listen, I got to make the first step and I got to be into stuff that matters to them. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. they're into football, if you looked around my office, you'd see a shadow box with a big football jersey that's purple and gold up there, and I'm looking at it right now. It's from the Illinois era. Nick Nielsen, who's now on staff with Joel Osteen, was mm-hmm. a kid who got saved, thought his big deal in life was going to be playing football, eventually interned with me and is now obviously in the ministry. But I was into what he was into. Mm-hmm. I showed it some of his football games. I cared about his broken-hearted female relationship. I think you're making a great point there about um, we need to make sure that we are showing interest in what these students are interested in. Right. And right. and the point I was going to make is I, I've got a 15-year-old son right now in Seth that I think that's also a great parenting advice because many times as parents we um, are thinking, well, my son wants to do what I want to do or what I did. But many times that's not true, and I think parents sometimes make that mistake instead of saying, well, you know, my son loves video games, so let me connect with him there, even though maybe I don't like that. 
And right. so I think it's just worth pointing out because many of our leaders are, are raising kids in the ministry, and uh, it's so very easy to even get our focus off our own kids. And so I just appreciate you bringing that out, and I even You're wanted good. to point it towards our family. I want to go back to one thing that you said at the very beginning as sure. well, that we've in, in this society, in this day and time in student ministry, we've become so well at programming, but we're not as good at, at just ministering to people and loving people. And, right. and along those same lines, where do you see that going in the next 10 years? Um, and how do you think as youth pastors and leaders we should prepare for that, or maybe even in this case, change or adjust in what we're doing? Well, it, gosh, in the next 10 years, and I'm not going to say anything profound, but I think the effects are profound. Um, the social media, all forms of media will obviously continue to be even more prominent. I think because of that, we have to know that as we march into the future, um, attention spans are going to probably mm -hmm. continue to be shorter. Mm -hmm. I mean, and anybody, if you want to be more than just a preacher, but you want to be a communicator, by that I mean you want somebody to remember something you're saying. Right. Um, you better be aware of that. So attention spans are going to be even shorter. Right. And and I'll come back and, and talk into that for a second. And I think the second major thing that we see the trajectory leaning towards, again, not profound in the next 10 years, is... Gosh, the level of dysfunction in the family. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't see anything that says families are getting closer. I mean, in reality, maybe in your church they are, but that's not where our culture is going. Mm -hmm. And and so, let me let me come back on those two things and say, as we look into the next ten years, because of social media and the shortened attention spans and all of that, I think. Creative communication. You don't have to be a genius, you know. Uh, I talk about a bunch of this stuff on youthleaderscoach.com mm -hmm. uh, with some of the mentoring stuff. Just mm -hmm. simple ways to to creatively communicate because uh, communication scientists say that you take the average age length of the person you're communicating in your room, say mm -hmm. 15 or 16, you need to do something very definitely every that many minutes to shake things up creatively, put some music underneath, tell a story, do mm -hmm. a quick skit, do audience participation, um, you know, anything to shake it up. So mm -hmm. if you deal with seven years old, every seven minutes, 15, 16 year old, most of us with high school, you know, every 15 or 16 minutes. So I think the creative communication thing is, is going to become increasingly absolutely necessary if you want anything you say to be remembered. And then the last part on the the dysfunction in relationships and families, gosh, person-to-person -person relationships will continue to be king. And right. they will kids will continue, because of social media, to have less skills at that. And I, I just got to, I watch kids so socially inept now who don't even realize they're socially inept because they think they're a good friend because they talk to a million people on Facebook or Instagram or mm -hmm. something. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think again, and of course I'm so predictable on this, but I think um, certainly small groups 
and that person to person contact stuff is important now. But I think 10 years from now, it will be even more important. So all of the pieces around that, how to recruit leaders, how to encourage leaders, how to raise up leaders, how to really keep momentum going in a small group system, because that's not easy. Right. I mean, I just worked on it with the ALC gang today. That is not easy. Mm -hmm. But but person-to-person -person relationships will be king even more than they are now. And I think they really are now. So I think the small group component and everything that goes with that becomes increasingly urgent. I think people mm -hmm. can fail at a lot of other things in youth ministry. But if you keep that one going, you're going to impact some kids' lives forever. Right. And you've already mentioned this, but I think it bears worth repeating along these lines that we're talking about, the three-minute block. Um, I mm -hmm. think that's important for us as leaders maybe to pick on, pick up on through this podcast of learning Absolutely. to master that um, because of attention spans. I think, I think for a person like me, I want to face-to-face, and so I'm willing to talk and hang out, but I almost feel like, well, gosh, if I'm just doing this three-minute thing, is that genuine for me? But, but honestly, it really is when you put it in the context of Absolutely. what we're talking about with this young generation. And so I think... Absolutely. Leaders out there that maybe are like me that are fearful of that, we really need to lean into that and embrace that more and, and, and uh, become more uh, adapt to communicating in that way and realize there's still depth in those three Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned creativity, and let me take that just a little bit in a little bit different direction. Okay. Obviously, as leaders, we hit walls in ministry uh, where we lack creativity or I'm even going to say initiative. Um, right. Can you give us or can you tell us about how you've overcome uh, maybe moments like that in your ministry? Sure. Oh, gosh, I have a million of them. I had an initiative lack this morning. I am not a morning person. And so <laughs> let me tell you, God really is alive in my life at 9 p.m. And at about 6.30, he's still not alive. And the only reason I'm alive is that I'm determined to do a quiet time then because I can control that time of day. But initiative, how do I hit when I hit the initiative walls? Uh, and I just want to be apathetic and lazy, and that's everybody. Number one, I better give myself something close to a Sabbath, not on Sunday because Sunday's not a Sabbath for everybody who runs right. church ministry. But I've got to give myself some off time because if I don't, I'm going to forever be beating my head trying to get more discipline and more energy when I haven't put anything in the energy battery. But assuming that I give myself the little breathers uh, when I hit the lacks of initiative and I'm just apathetic and stuff, if I right. say to myself, Jeannie, do just one thing, get just start, just start. See, for me, if I just start mm -hmm. doing one small thing on the list will give me some energy to do something else mm, on the list. Good. But, um, you know, energy, uh, again, uh, no motion. Any physics person can tell you this. When we have no motion, we have no energy. And it's really that right. way for me. Just do a little thing. Right. And then when I lack creativity, which, gosh, any I'm creative, but I hit the wall plenty of times. I A couple of things help me. Number one, I've got to realize that many times going into a service or something with a message, I lack creativity because I started thinking about how to be creative too late. Mm. Um 
And so I find myself thinking thoughts like, if I thought of this earlier, I could have done this. Mm-hmm. But but see, I think for me, I don't feel like I have to have my whole message even close to done before I can start thinking creatively. Okay. If I if I know the topic, I can think. And let me tell you one other simple thing for me. Uh, I have a couple of kids. It's not staff members. It's a couple of teenagers mm-hmm. that kind of brainstorm well with me. I can get on the phone with them and say, hey, you know, and next Wednesday night I'm talking about uh, getting along with your parents. Can you all right, talk to me? Just babble for a minute. What could we do uh, to make that fun or creative? What's a video? What's a movie that's halfway clean that... I could get one of the kids to do a clip from me that would uh, go with that. What what could I do to make that come alive? Mm-hmm. And and again, Disney tells you from because he was the master of creative brainstorming. If you want creativity to flow, you learn just not to make people at those moments feel stupid because okay. you'll shut down the other couple of people of the teenagers you're talking to. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to use all their ideas, mm-hmm. but make them feel like there is no such thing as a bad idea, then they have the security to just pop ideas. And if you blast ideas, even for 15 minutes, you're going to come up with something. But you can't start that an hour and a half before your use service because you're not going to have time to pull anything off. Right. That's good. That's good. And I love the fact um, that you are... I love the fact that I guess we could use the term delegation, but really you're pulling, you're just continuing to pull kids in who may be future leaders and giving them a place at the table to, you know, as small as it may seem in our eyes of speaking into one service, but really what you're doing is you're just creating more, uh, more space at the table for more people to be involved in ministry. And so I think as leaders, we need to, we need to see and hear that, uh, as well, because I think there is small opportunities like that along the way, even if it's just asking opinions. Um, and so I, I appreciate the fact that, that you do that. What is the best advice to help a youth pastor, um, to maintain and build a relationship with their lead pastor or their senior pastor? Oh, gosh. Uh, Number one, I'd say, Doug, that uh, this is one of the most common uh, things I hear from men and women in the cadre, just saying, my boss promised to be a spiritual dad, blah, 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 blah. And usually Mm -hmm. uh, they mean well, so I'm not Mm -hmm. dogging them, but that rarely happens. If anybody listening to this podcast has, as your senior pastor or your boss, a real spiritual mom or dad, you're so blessed, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just don't take that for granted. I would say that if you do this one thing that I'm going to say, it's so simple. Um, Every week, your senior pastor will think you're the best staff person he's ever had. And here it is. Um, Decide a time and you will never make it happen unless you decide when you're going to do it every week after Mm -hmm. your youth, young adult service, that you take 10 minutes, don't make it long or you won't keep doing it, 10 minutes to send an email to your senior pastor um, that gives him a little feedback on on what you talked about in this service, how the service went, not just mm-hmm. numbers. I, I really wouldn't mess with that. I'd, I'd talk, sir, give him a story or two um, from the youth service and then maybe tell him uh, something that you know you're working on in the youth the youth ministry mm-hmm. that week, 
or tell them just again, a story so communicate this kid or whatever, and say to your senior pastor, pastor, I'm going to do this for you every Wednesday night after I get home, whenever you're going to do it. And it's going to be short and I'm, I'm going to do it, send it to you. And I never expect you to answer it. Mm-hmm. See, there's the catch. Mm-hmm. I never expect you to answer it. Just I'm doing it just so that you, because you're the head of this whole thing, can feel a part of what's going on in the youth ministry. Right. If you just did a simple email like that every week. But again, all the documentation Doug, tells me if you don't plan when you're going to do that each week, you won't do it. Right. Um, your odds of doing it go up 70%. If you say to yourself, I'm going to do a brief email, it's going to take me no longer than 10 minutes every single week just to kind of give him positive notes. That wouldn't be where you're telling him problems. That would not be where you're telling him you're miffed at him. It would just be a, a praise report, kind right. of gut-siding stuff from the youth group, whether it was the night of the service or through the week. He'll say you're the best one he's ever had. He'll say you're probably the best pastor he's ever had. Yeah, Yeah, that's such great advice. I know we do a, uh, we just do an update here to our youth pastor's email, and my assistant Cody is such a key part of really keeping me on track and getting that going. Um, but we added, you know, my boss, our superintendent, Frank Cargill, to that, and he never makes comments. He never, uh, but but he's getting the information and seeing what we're doing and what's going out. And so, gosh, that could be that could take so many different forms for us as leaders in our churches. And I think what's great is that's not just theory for you. I mean, I know you're in your 30s now. But oh, I you, love you, Doug. You've been doing this a long time, and you're still practicing this today in your own ministry. And so I, I, I got a boss. Yep. I got a boss, and I think, and he's not the head senior pastor. A bunch of you in big churches, you know, the world of executive pastors, the guy you report to. But I've got a good one, right. and it's my honor to report back and let him know things are going well. Right. Well, I want to I want to take this a little deeper and maybe a little more personal. For a moment, Jeannie, um, you've obviously had many mountaintop experiences, and I think you're one of the few people that I see that really tries to share that with everyone um, around you. Um, but I know you've also experienced and are quite acquainted with the valleys as well. Um, how do you navigate those valleys while you're leading people? Because obviously you've been in that season now for a little bit. What, what would how, how could you speak to that? Well, number one, it's humbling to even speak to this, knowing that you and Jill are on the other end, because no one has lived through valley moments any more than the two of you when you got your young son, Gray, promoted to be with Jesus early. So mm-hmm. this is like talking to the Pope about how to be Catholic. <laughs> Um, do you like that analogy? That was great. Pretty good. All right. Um, for people who might not know my wonderful husband and hero of my life, been married to him 46 amazing years, uh, had a very tragic stroke 13 months ago and it kicked him into Lewy body dementia, which I had not heard of before. It's the neurologist says it makes Alzheimer's seem like a coveted friend because it moves much faster. Hmm. It's very oppositional behavior. Uh, strong delusions, hallucinations, and it also walks with 
uh, debilitating Parkinson's disease. So Sam is still at home when I'm not there. I hire a wonderful Christian lady who helps take care of him when I'm not there. Um, and, and, and so it's, you know, it's, I often have people, Doug, and I'll say this just for people listening in who say, oh, I understand because my mom or my dad mm -hmm. had dementia. Mm -hmm. And respectfully, I'd say it's it's a different animal. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if Jill, after you were married to her 46 years, kissed you goodbye one morning and then never came back the same way. And wow. then the dementia is such that he's in a psychotic state 24-70, he now can't even do a sentence. Mm -hmm. He gets two words out and the sentence is gone doesn't remember his own two adult sons most of the time, and mm. about two-thirds of the time remembers me. The other third doesn't. Mm. And so I kissed him the other morning, and he looked at me so strange, and he said, remind me, and then he struggled to get the rest of it out. But what he was trying to say, remind me of who you are mm -hmm. after I kissed him. Mm -hmm. So um, here's what I'd, I'd simply say on, on doing a life while while all hell, I mean, doing ministry and leading people while all hell is mm -hmm. breaking in your life. Um, adversity always reintroduces a person to himself. Mm -hmm. And I saw that with you and Jill. Mm -hmm. uh, I so respect that you have been determined to do whatever it took to get through that. Mm -hmm. You and Jill, and, and I told you that I do this. Um, Though none of us are rich, we put aside the money to see a decent counselor just to be able to process. Mm -hmm. I think that's great money. I'm still doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a counselor. I know what I'm doing, but I need another voice that I don't have to weigh my words with. And um, certainly if you have a friend who can do that for you and mm -hmm. give you objective uh, stuff, great. But, but, you know, again, I think it's awesome. If, if you choose to prioritize maybe seeing a, a Christian counselor of some sort when when it's real needful, I think, um, you know, I, I've got this sign on my back porch that everybody's seen. Life is not about waiting for the storms to pass. It's yep. about learning yep. to dance in the rain. Yep. And so you and Jill have done that. It wasn't easy. You never acted like, well, you were going through all this with Gray, and even now you don't act like it was great. You don't try to act like, oh, praise the Lord, we're so excited our son got promoted early. That's, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm revolted by people that act like that. But you do learn, um, and, and all of the, all of the secular stuff that I've read, not just Christian stuff, right? all the secular stuff I read said one of the greatest demarcations between good to great leaders is that Good leaders just experience pain and try to survive it. Great leaders decide that they're going to identify meaning. They're mm. attaching meaning yep. to the pain. Yep. And that's what you and Jill have done. Yep. That's what I'm trying to do. Unashamedly, Doug, and I love being able to say it on this podcast, I'm trying to model in front of the cadre, in front of, of people when I travel and speak out there in front of my own local youth group, my own team here in front of ALC, I'm trying to model what marriage, what till death do us part in sickness and in health looks like mm -hmm. to a generation that isn't real good at, at allowing marriage to be costly. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so that's the meaning I'm trying to sign. So for me, it is, it is taking care of myself through those times, uh, not acting like I always have to be merry all the time. Mm 
but on the other hand, understanding that I don't have a right to drag people through the depths of my depression every time I stand up and speak. On the other hand, seeing a counselor, having some good friends I can vomit to, mm -hmm. and then assigning some purpose to it. And one last thing, I just did a youth leaders coach. I don't think it's out yet, but it is worth its weight in gold mm -hmm. that uh, I, I entitled it um, When God Doesn't Fix It. And um, I just reached into my own gut saying, how am I processing hmm. that right now Sam Mayo isn't healed? Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't expect this. Mm -hmm. And it, I know that some of your listeners may think I'm the reason he's not healed because I said he had dementia and you think I'm <laughs> violating faith. And respectfully spoken, I have a mountain of faith. My, I confess the word every day. Yeah. I Every healing scripture, and I've even made up some of my own healing scriptures in case mm -hmm. God wants a few new added <laughs> ones. So uh, I am, you know, but on the other hand, as I read the New Testament, there are some times uh, that God doesn't fix it this side of heaven. And right. I've got to figure out how am I going to process that? And uh, I say a lot in that Youth Leaders Coach, again, it's not out yet, it'll come out. If anybody wants, and again, I don't get any money from that, but you can download our app and go to youthleaderscoach.com, go on the playbook, $9.98 a month. You can get my messages and my notes and all that stuff. But then on the other side, the coaching resources, mm -hmm. and there are 450 of them, and gosh, if you don't have enough money, I'll buy it for you. Just tell Doug you're broke. I get it. I've given away so many of this stuff. I can't <laughs> tell you. But uh, in a month or so, when God doesn't fix it, it'll be out. And and it, so, again, uh, it's people like you and Jill and Gray, uh, it, as you as you live this with Gray and certainly Seth now. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, and hopefully me. I hope... I hope, I know it was with you and Jill and Seth. Mm -hmm. I hope it is with me. I hope people can see um, that, gosh, there will be a grace cloak there for you. The Bible says right. sufficient unto your day will be your strength. Uh, I don't have strength for a year from now. I, I really don't. I can't even let myself think. The what ifs. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sam, mm -hmm. now the Parkinson's disease is making it tougher to move. The dementia is profound. Mm -hmm. The stroke took out most of his vision, so he's now legally blind. I, I, I can't even let myself go three months into the future. Uh, but I can live today, and God will give me enough strength to get through today. Mm -hmm. And I'm in this office today, and I'm going to make hell regret that it messed with my hero because mm. I'm by God's grace, just what you and Jill are doing with Gray's early promotion, trying uh, to stick my tongue out at hell and live life uh, showing that, hey, even God's, God's people who love him still have a bunch of bumps we can't explain. Right. But all things really do eventually work together mm -hmm. for good when we love the Lord and we're called according to his purpose. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say this, uh, Jeannie, I, I believe you have done that and lived it out well. I know there's a little tagline that you've adopted and probably with just within the last year, and it's just simply today is a good day for a miracle. Amen. And, 
in that little statement, there's so much. There's there's so much there if a person is just simply reading that and realizing that your faith is heightened and that you are praying. Absolutely. Um, but you you also realize it it truly is in the hands of the Lord. But you know what? Today would still be a great day Absolutely. for a miracle. And I know that has ministered to us personally, and I know it ministers to to others out there. I want to touch on something else really practical that you just hit on, and I'm really kind of just taking a moment and doing a little sure. commercial here for our our leaders across the state of Oklahoma. Um, I think counseling has been such a taboo word, and obviously we need to be careful. Um, I think, you know, there, there's some weird stuff out there when it comes to counseling, sure. but there certainly is a healthy place for that. I know that we've seen that in our own family. Jill and I continue to go to counseling now, and it's only building us up and making us healthier. And there'll be a moment, there'll be a time and a season when that is done. Um, But I just would want to encourage all of our leaders out there, if you're going through something or struggling with something, uh, I've got an incredible contact that I would love to get to you, whether it's in your marriage or uh, something more personal, maybe it's stuff in your childhood. Uh, There's something to be said for going and getting that counsel. And I appreciate what you said, Jeannie, is that you are a counselor yourself. And many of the people who are going to listen to this podcast or listening are. And I think by the sheer fact of that, we don't give ourselves permission at times to lower our own guard and go and get counsel. And it is one of the greatest things that Jill and I have ever done, not only for us personally, but for our marriage, for our son, and we're going to be healthier for it. And so... I really appreciate you mentioning that. Um, I, I, I hope we come to the moment in the church world where we realize, and, and, and these are my words, I'm saying even in Pentecostal circles, where we realize yes. that this is not an ungodly thing. No. It, our faith, we still have faith, and we're still believing for healing, and there's, I still believe that, that God can do anything. But sometimes Absolutely. I need somebody that's led of the Lord in another area to help me uncover and see things that I didn't see before. And, and that makes me healthy. Absolutely. 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 Uh, let me, um, I'm going to throw another question at you here. What, sure. what is something in ministry that you've done that you will never do again? <laughs> and that's kind of a strange question. Oh, and, there are a million things yep. I'll never do again. Yep. Oh, is God. there one that comes to mind or one that just jumps? I know sometimes this is so obvious because there is. There's like a million things, but then when you come to the moment to answer the question, you're like, well, yeah. gosh, yeah. I don't know. Is there something that just jumps in your head? Well, can I just take a broader answer? It mm-hmm. wasn't so much a one-time event. Um it, it was something that I really let kind of form the pathway of my ministry almost unknowingly for many years. And I still struggle with it, but I'm much better on it. It's, I allowed uh, the disease to please, mm. um, to be way too big. And really, you can't do ministry without having part of that. Mm-hmm. So I understand you need to care about how people think and what they feel. So I'm not saying you can get rid of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- when I look back on seasons that I go, oh my God, how did I ever let myself get so off track there? Mm-hmm. How did I let that person 
their words so wound me and mm. so cripple me for a while, or how did I let that thing that happened be such a big deal? Mm -hmm. It forever comes back to uh, eras in my life where I let the disease to please other people get too big. I did a message at the last mm -hmm. National Youth Leaders Conference a year ago yep. called the, six, the Dragon of Success. Mm -hmm. Uh, because again, you know, in ministry, and I understand it, we all, we want to be success, but we want to please people. We want the numbers and all that other junk. But, but I'm just saying the thing that I go back to is saying, oh God, you know, I often remind myself, Jeannie, nobody can put you on a guilt trip unless you buy the ticket. And I mm. bought plenty of tickets um, you know, because I felt guilty. I couldn't meet this person. I couldn't do this. I, I couldn't jump through the hoops. These people wanted to just recently meaning well, and I certainly would never say who, but somebody in my life, uh, who's in the ministry who's a very prominent name. Most mm -hmm. folks, not most, but many folks would recognize the name if I would say it. And I obviously wouldn't. And he, he's a dear friend mm -hmm. and he, I, he let me know I had not pleased him on something. And I'll mm -hmm. keep it real vague like that. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised at how much I let that um, bounce around in my head for yeah. probably three, four, five days. Um, and, and I had to come back again to say, wait a minute, Jeannie, whoever or whatever you allow to break your focus breaks your effectiveness. Hmm. And and so that disease to please still certainly I'm fighting it. But that's the thing that is I look back on seasons in my life where I could give you a million specifics, mm -hmm. but many of them rooted back to that disease to please buying guilt trip tickets that I shouldn't have bought, mm -hmm. then resenting other people that they put me on guilt trips, you know, <laughs> um, gosh, that that would probably be. Uh, the the number one thing. Hmm, that's good, and I think if we're all honest, um, we all probably deal with that, especially in ministry, especially because our lives are, well, it's just on display um, for everyone yes. to see, and and part of our job is to minister. And uh, gosh, I know even in my own life, I think I move from ministering to pleasing, and. Um, Gosh, how many times have we heard that? Jesus couldn't please 12. Um, but um, I, I appreciate that perspective, and I, I think we need to hear that. Well, I want to give you one last question before we sure. go. Um, sure. Do you remember a moment when you were ministering to a group uh, or individual, um, but in turn, you were ministered to? And again, I'm sure this is one of those questions that, that's happened so many times that... It may be hard to just recall, but is there a moment that you remember that you could tell us about? Oh, there's one right now. Um, there is uh, a kid in my life who uh, I was, um, we do at our retreats, we do breakouts, not the typical small group, but I write a discussion outline like we're going into retreat coming up on the code on how to establish your own standards and convictions and stuff. Well, anyway, mm -hmm. uh, this retreat was a year ago this fall, and it was a kid, I didn't even know him, didn't know his name, from our Hamilton Mill campus, 
and he was one of eight teenagers in my group and um it, it just won my heart and uh, when you're 66 you can somebody can win your heart who's the opposite <laughs> sex i would not exactly suggest that if you're younger it's a little safer if right. you go girls to girls guys to guys right and um the kid, you know, brokenhearted, been a big football jock, long story short, had a serious drinking problem. So without all of the details, um, I've made the journey with him. Uh, you probably heard me reference him. I think I told you about him um, last summer. He, he, By the way, he was part of the gang that thought social drinking was okay, and mm -hmm. I won't even fight with people over that, but... Mm -hmm that becomes a, a scary thing because there are a lot of people who can't socially drink right. Right? they can't keep it in balance. Mm -hmm. He was one of those. And he was, uh, he had gone out drinking after he prayed to receive the Lord, blah, 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 blah. And, mm -hmm. uh, he was in the car behind a friend. The friend also had been drinking, but he invited the friend out that night. So he felt responsible for it. The friend, uh, drove into a telephone pole and he held the friend in his lap with his face ripped off of him, mm -hmm. the friend, while the friend died. Mm. And um, so the kid, uh, we'll call him Ben, his name's not Ben. Mm -hmm. um, the kid then began to drink even heavier. And, um, uh, you know, fast forward to last night. Mm -hmm. um, I've just paid dues in the kid's life. Um some dues I didn't want to pay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have extra money, and I can say this because I used his fake name. Now with Sam Stroke, he's not. Sam's salary's gone. We're having to pay medical bills, caregiver mm -hmm. bills. I don't have extra money, but I paid over half of his way to Atlanta Leadership College. Mm -hmm. I sent him through rehab. Um, and last week was our spring break, and I knew if he went home, he was going to fall in with the same friend's and the same patterns mm -hmm. that he let himself give way to at Christmas. So mm -hmm. I let him stay in our basement, which no offense, but I just, I'd rather have my house to myself. Absolutely. And last night was that golden night because out of the blue, it was an impromptu baptism after the youth service. Impromptu. Mm -hmm. uh, he got baptized last night. Oh, wow. And, um, and when you say a moment that you ministered and you got ministered to, all mm -hmm. I can tell you is that, gosh, giving your life away doesn't feel glamorous while you're in the moment. Mm -hmm. But then there come moments when, oh, my gosh, you know, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, because I knew without some of the quiet prices I'd paid, it wasn't what I've done from the platform that changed the kid's life. I've just, in the non-glamorous ways, answered the text messages, been a friend. I'm nothing special to him mm -hmm. at all. I often say to youth leaders, Doug, if, if you're still high and mighty to them, you haven't been in their life enough to disciple them. Mm -hmm. I'm just mom to him. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm nothing real special. You know, he stands me up. He's not tremendously appreciative. Mm -hmm. uh, but last night was a golden moment as I watched the kid Hmm. Right after our service, you know, real impromptu, go to another one of the guys that I've invested in who's one of our small group leaders. Mm -hmm. We had our guy leaders in the pool, and they, um, he baptized him. It was the magic moment for me. And Praise today God. when I saw the kid, I just said, um, you gave me enough momentum to go another three months, my friend. 
Hmm. So I guess I guess I don't have to reach very far into finding one of those moments because yeah. I just one last night. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Jeannie, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your heart with us here in Oklahoma. We want to thank Jeannie again for joining us. Make sure you follow her on social media and check out the plethora of resources she has made available from the Youth Leaders Coach to the Cadre and even Atlanta Leadership College. And don't forget February 24th through the 25th, Jeannie will be joining us and speaking at our Synergy Youth Leaders Conference in Oklahoma City. We're hosting our first ever Synergy One Day with National Youth Director of the Assemblies of God, Heath Adamson, on July 14th at Discovery Church in Yukon, Oklahoma. Visit us online for more details on everything this day has to offer. I'm Cody Phillips, and thanks again for tuning in to the Synergy Podcast.